Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Uh, today we have the internet back. In those days we didn't have the internet, but we had tapes and books. The impact through the books. And, they, and he said, you are a branch of Kenneth Hagen. You are a branch of Kenneth Copeland. I said, wow. I said, I never thought of it like that. And he said, that's what I want you to do. And to the glory of God, this has been 30 some, over 30 something years now. You know, uh, uh, you know, about be 30 years this year, 1992. You know, there are people like that from all over the world. Some people, I don't even know them. They'll just come up to me and say, Pastor Luby, you know, when I was in Ibadan, I used to come to your church, and God has told me to start this church. I met a guy from Canada not too long ago. You know, he said, he even sent me something on my birthday. He said, you cannot know the impact that you have had on my life. He has a church. He has a, I don't know the guy. I've never met him. He said, oh, he just he, he emailed me or he texted me over the internet and said, I am so, so, and so, and so. I met you in Ibadan. So, so, and so, and so time in a place. He said, but since then, I've been following your ministry. Today, I have my own church ministry in Canada. This is what I'm doing. I don't know the guy. That's the real thing. That's the fruit. But it takes time. And another thing it doesn't do is that it does not boost your ego. Because you see, you can't go up and say, well, I have 500 branches in such a place. You don't know. It's all in God's hands. That's the real thing. That is the one that God is looking for. That is going to cause upward growth and not only numerical growth across. Like I said, I'm going to repeat it because people misunderstand what you say. I'm not saying God is not using the other things. He has. Just like he used Saul. He certainly used Saul. Saul ruled for 40 years. You know, God will use it. But it's not God's perfect will. And it will not produce the uh, purpose of God for the church to grow into the fullness of Christ. I had to give that very tangible experience, uh, practical example, you know, of my own life and my own ministry. So you can contrast the two and, and use these men. You know, I have, I've always wondered, I said, look, Brother Hagen, he just has one single church. Just one church. Yeah, Hagen's dead now. His son is there. You know, uh, uh, Reverend Hagen now. You know, we used to call him Ken Jr. He's no longer Ken Jr. Because Ken Hagen Sr. is dead. You know, and of course, Kenneth Copeland is there. And he's still there. He's in his 80s. You know, just Eagle Mountain Church. But there are so many people that have come out of those churches. Without a denominational tag. They are independent. They do the work. God called those people. They go ahead and do what God told them to do. Then they come back to their father. They acknowledge it. They, they have friends with them, you know, and all of that. But they don't control them. In the, 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 the one is divine, the other is human. And that's what is the problem today. So God, like he did back then, is doing now. He is going to remove the soul system or leadership type and he's replacing it with a david type that is going to do all of the will of god and that is going to produce uh fruit 
that is going to grow not only numerically, but will also grow spiritually. In fact, it is the spiritual growth to the fullness of Christ that will now produce the numeric and not the other way around. You know, the numeric and then the spirit upward. No, it's the upward. It's like an atom bomb. I gave this example many years ago. Somebody was telling me that you remembered me when I said it. You know, when, when, when you drop an atom bomb, you see the mushroom cloud. It goes up. Then it now spreads. And that's, that's the pattern. So, now let's get back to Saul and David. We're going to finish on David today. Then in the weeks to come, we'll take some other characters. We're going to look at Absalom. We're going to look at some of the other guys. But for today, I want to talk more up and, and finish on David. In our last lesson, in our last teaching, we looked at David's heart. How David had the opportunity to kill Saul, and he did not. Uh, because of time, we're not going to read everything again. But we, you see this in 1 Samuel there are actually two event, uh, two um, um, <coughs> um, recordings, uh, two incidents that happen one after the other. I'm going to look at the second one today. The, that last time I looked at the first one in First Samuel chapter 24, in verse 1 to 12, I'll just summarize. What happened was that Saul was chasing David to kill him. Then Saul went into a cave to ease himself, you know. <clears throat> Bible says cover his feet. That's old English. He went and he took his, his skirt off and put it on the side. And he was easing himself. David and his men were in the cave. Saul didn't know that they were there. So his men now told David, he said, look at, you see, God has done it. You see, the man that is chasing you, God has now delivered him to your hand. Just give us the order. We'll kill him and you become king tomorrow. David was tempted to do it. The Bible says this. He says that he took a part of Saul's dress and he cut it. The Bible says that when he did it, he says his heart smote him. This showed the great spiritual sensitivity that David had at that time in his life. And I contrasted it with what happened with him much later on with Bathsheba. We're talking about Bathsheba too in the weeks to come, you know, and how he... He, he, he looked at a young girl and wanted to sleep with her and his heart didn't smite him. It shows that, you know, he was too comfortable in the palace. But that's another message for another day. But the important point is this. Saul, rather David, his heart was so sensitive and he told the man, he said, no, 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 I cannot touch. He's the Lord's anointed. He's my father spiritually, even though he's backslidden, even though he's being demon uh, 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 oppressed and all of that. But he's still who God made him. And I will not touch him. That was one of the greatest tests that David passed. And we are going to go through the same test today. In fact, we are going through it. I can tell you from my own personal experience. You know, I've been, I'm teaching about Saul, Jonathan, and David. In these last 42 years, by the grace and the mercy of God, I have actually seen this thing play out in my life and the lives of other people and i remember when saul john and david were all in the palace together and over the years saul took his own path to destiny jonathan took his own path to destiny and david took his own path to destiny and i actually i'm seeing it this is not theory i've seen i'm seeing it being outplayed as i speak you know and um 
David said, I won't touch him. And his heart smote him. And that scored a big point with God. And this is what I wrote. You know, this was my, you know, uh, in my, from my notes. He says, David refused to get the crown without the cross to kill Saul. And I put in the notes here, don't use your mouth to cut off the skirt. The robe represents righteousness of your leaders, even when they are wrong. Rebuke not an elder. Aaron, Miriam, and, and, and Moses. I mentioned this last time. Even when you think he's wrong based on the word of God that you know. It is too big for your mouth to rebuke them. You don't cut the skirt of your leader. What do you do? Pray for them. The Bible says, entreat. It says, rebuke them, but entreat them as a father. If you have the opportunity, you can talk to them. If you don't have the opportunity, just pray for them and leave it. He said, ah, but what will happen? Are you God? Does the church belong to you? Who do you think you are? Where did you come from? When were you born again? Did God put, did, can God put the chastening rod of his leaders in your hand? You know, sometimes we think of ourselves more highly than we ought. If you see your leader do something wrong, pray for them and leave it there. Say, hey, but what happened? God will take care of it. In his own time, and in his own way, that is bigger than what you can think. I know it's a difficult thing for a lot of people. A lot of people think, you know, I, I, I know I, by the grace and the mercy of God, over these 42 years, you know, because really I started ministry in 1980 when God called me. But I didn't start the church until 84. But, you know, I, I, you know, I was going through a lot of preparation and everything. You know, I've seen a lot of people. I've seen a lot, but I don't go about talking publicly, you know, uh, from a pulpit, you know, criticizing and talking about, I know some things they're doing that may be wrong. I pray for them. Where I can, if I have the opportunity, I may entreat them. When I don't have the opportunity, I just keep my mouth shut. I pray. Listen to this. To his own master, he stands or he falls. Who art thou that judgeth another man's servant? Don't try it. Do not walk where angels dare to tread. Or do not, do not tread where angels dare to walk. Or however they say it. Where, where, don't even go there. You know. And, and we saw that about David. You know. And, and, and this was. I, we did mention this. You know. Uh, that that's the reason why later on in life. We're going to look at that when we look at Absalom and others later on. Many years later. You know. Absalom would have killed David had he killed Saul. What you sow is what you're going to reap. You know, so you have to be very, very careful, you know, and maintain a right attitude. This was why God made Christ the son of David come from the Davidic line. And that's why God now is raising a David type of leadership that is going to produce sons organically. Not by posting, not by denomination, you know, it will be organic. It will be through the preaching, the teaching, the life of God that is designed and that will flow in the body and will cause those people to grow spiritually. And those people will now, you know, do whatever it is God tells them to do. It will be proper fruit. It will not be, you know, uh, uh, artificial gifts uh, using the Christmas tree 
and uh, the natural tree illustration. So today, I want to look again at David. We're going to look at David and, and the end of Saul um, from 1 Samuel chapter 26. 1 Samuel, hello. Give me a, a wave offering, somebody, so I know you're, you're with me. Hello. 1 Samuel chapter 26. And we're going to look, it's actually long from verse 125. I'm not going to read everything. I'll just, you know, I'll, read, I'll just give a summary and then we'll just look at a few verses that are relevant. Something wonderful, well, I don't know if the word wonderful is the best word, but something amazing happened. <clears throat> David has the opportunity to kill Saul. Cuts his skirt, his heart smote, smites him. He now shows Saul his skirt. The, the, the part of his skirt that he cut, he said, look, if I wanted to kill you, I would have killed you. This is Olubi Johnson translation. I'm paraphrasing. I didn't kill you. So the, all the people that are telling you that I want to kill you, you know, they're telling you lies. They, this thing so, it so impacted Saul's heart that Saul began to weep. And he cried. He said, oh, my son David, I have been a fool I should not have been doing this to try and kill you. Will a person catch his enemy and not kill him? You saved my life today. He said, now I know you will be king. God put it in Saul's mouth to pronounce that David will be king. And you know, he was a spiritual authority. So God had to allow a situation to happen so that Saul will say that thing, you know, that David will be king. Not only that. You know, Saul said, I will no longer, now this is what we're going to learn today. I will no longer chase you. I will no longer try and kill you, you know. And Saul left. And David went back into the wilderness. Now, you would have thought that after, that's why I say it's amazing. You would have thought that after that, David will now be free. After all, Saul has said he's sorry. He's not going to kill him. He's going to be king. You would have thought that, okay, David, Saul was, okay, David, come, come. You know, and come back to the palace and we'll do a ceremony and let Samuel come and anoint you as king and I will abdicate and step down. Hello, somebody. Hello. That did not happen. And to this afternoon, we're going to see why it did not happen. And the same thing is going to happen in our time. Don't be fooled. Because people have a temporary repentance. And say, oh, say all the right things you wanted to hear. Oh, I've been a fool. I shouldn't have done this. You know, you'll be king. They stand in agreement with you. The same people will turn around two days later and come back. Hello. And that's what happened here. Now, let's look at First Samuel chapter 26. Again, Saul is... This same Saul that repented in chapter 24, maybe a few weeks earlier, you know, starts chasing David again. Let's read it from uh, verse 1. It says, And the Ziphites came unto Saul to Gibeah, and said, Doth not David hide himself in the hill of Hachila, which is before Jeshimon? And Saul arose and well down to the wilderness of Ziph, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel to seek David in the wilderness. I thought he had said in chapter 24 that David was going to be king and he was sorry for what he was doing. 
is amazing. I'm going to tell you the reason in a minute. Now, so he, he begins to chase David. Again, you know, God arranges circumstances such that David and his men were able to enter into the trench. In those days, they used to dig trenches. They still do today to some degree. You know, in the camp where Saul and his men were, and all of them were fast asleep. Fast asleep. Another opportunity for David to kill. God allowed it twice, if not more than that. You know, just to see if David really meant what he said. The first time, okay. Now, let's, he had it again to show you that David's heart was established in righteousness. Now, this one is as important as the first one, but probably even more important. Uh, uh, let's look at... Uh, good. Uh, look at verse... Yes. Verse 8. Let's look at verse 8. Then Abishai... I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Then Abishai... Then said Abishai to David, God had delivered thine enemy into thy hand this day. Now therefore, let me smite him, I pray thee, with the spear, even to the earth at once, and I will not smite him the second time. David said to Abishai, destroy him not. Everybody scream it out. For who can stretch forth? His hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. Who taught David this? It's not in the Bible. There was no first Samuel when David said this. Again, remember, Joseph had no Bible. It was God who taught David because he had the right heart. How did David know that if you taught the Lord's anointed, you will not be guiltless? Remember, this scripture had not been written. It was written after these events. The scripture had not been written. How did David know? The Holy Spirit. God put it in his heart. He just knew it wouldn't be right for you to touch the Lord's hand, even though he had every excuse to do so. Saul was backslidden. Saul had thrown a javelin at Jonathan. Saul had tried to kill David. Saul had an evil spirit from the Lord that was troubling him. Every tangible reason that you can come up with was available to David to say, well, after all, it's God who, had, who, who, who delivered him into my hands. The man is backstated. I have been anointed by Samuel. God has already told me I'm going to be king. Every justifiable reason. The, the logical thing to have done would have been to kill Saul. But I, I, I keep saying this all the time. May God help us to learn this lesson. The letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. The fact that something even seems correct, according to the letter, does not mean the spirit with which you do it is right at that time. you got to check it out. You've got to check it out. It's not just enough to say, well, the Bible says, yes, I know the Bible says so. You know, like for example... The Lord Jesus Christ, he, 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 he made this statement. They said, Moses gave us, he said, is it, is it right that, you know, do we have a right to divorce our wives? And Jesus said, well, 
you know, what did Moses tell you? He said, yeah, Moses told us that, you know, um, if you find how unfavorable, you can write her a letter of divorcement. Jesus now told them, this is where you and I should be operating. He said, Moses wrote this list because of the hardness of your heart. Yes, it's the letter. Yes, it's in the Bible. It's in the Torah. But it's not the will of God. He said, nevertheless, when God made them, he made them male and female. What therefore God has joined together, let no man render asunder. That was not in the Bible. How did Jesus know? He picked it by the Holy Ghost. Even though it was true, the Bible said that they could give a bill of divorce. But Jesus told them, he said, that's not the original plan. That's not God's heart. I just use that as another example. There are many things, like even in the New Testament today, his letter is there. But the way you interpret it, the way you apply it, is, the spirit with which you apply it is what is crucial. You with a spirit of love, with a spirit of righteousness, with a spirit of justice, or you just want to do it to just, you know, since the Bible has said, just, you just want to do it, you know, just to justify yourself. That is what God is judging. He's checking that thing out. Yeah, yeah, the Bible says so. But does, not mean, does that mean you should just do it that way in that particular situation? For example, the Bible says, oh, well, I'm not telling them the truth. But the Bible says speaking the truth in love. It may be the truth. But how did you deliver the truth? Number two. What was the purpose of your delivering the truth? Was it to condemn? Was it to kill? Was it to destroy? Or was it to correct and to build up? Jesus knew that that woman committed adultery. She was in a, in a sexually perverse relationship. She had had five husbands. Jesus knew it was the truth. But look at how Jesus handled her. He did not use that truth to nail her. He didn't use the truth to condemn her. He used this truth, but then he used it to try and help her. That's how God expects us to use the truth. So even if it's the truth, if you use it in a negative way, with it, let me put it this way, even if it's the truth, even if it's the written word of God, if it's applied with a wrong spirit, it will not be justifiable. Another scripture has just come to me. James and John. They want to call fire from heaven. Like Elijah. To destroy a Samaritan village. That asked Jesus not to come. Jesus was angry with them. The power was there. It could have been done. Jesus had a spirit without measure. But Jesus said to them. He said you do not know. Everybody scream it. What spirit I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. That's the whole thing here. What is the spirit? What spirit there means attitude. Well, you don't know. You don't know who you are. You don't understand the God you are serving. The son of man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save it. Then they went to another village. They, but they had scripture. To back what they wanted to do. They had the letter. But the wrong spirit. Learn this lesson. 
Whenever you want to find, we see what the Bible says about something. Find out what spirit, what is this, what is the attitude which I'm doing? What, what am I trying to achieve? Love. Righteousness. Justice. Or just vengeance. Simply because the Bible says so. And there will be many opportunities that are going to come up in these days to come. Where you will be just like David and you have the opportunity and the scriptures will be there. <laughs> but if you do it with the wrong spirit, you will fail the test. Am I talking to anybody here? So what do we see? David passes the test the second time. He said, David said furthermore, verse 10. 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 10. David said, I didn't hear you. Furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him. Everybody say the Lord shall smite him. Or his day shall come to die. Or he shall descend into battle and perish. The Lord forbid, scream it out, that I should stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed. But I pray thee, take now, take thou now the spear that is at his bolster and the cruise of water and let us go. I'm going to stop there. There's a second opportunity. David understood God's. He had God's. That's why God said, I have found in David the man of Jesse, a man after what? My own heart. A person that understands my character. He understands how I think. He understands how I feel. He will, he, will, he will behave like me. He will not behave like the devil. So he took the, 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 the water bottle, you know, you know. Then he goes to the other side again, you know, like he did the first time. You know, let's read verse 12. So David took the spear. I didn't hear you. That's Saul's spear. And the cruise of water from Saul's bolster, and they gathered away. No man saw it, nor knew, neither awaked. Now, this is one of the great statements in this portion of scripture. He says, for they were all, I didn't scream it, somebody, asleep, because a deep sleep from who had fallen upon them. Wow! You would have thought. You know, most of us, they will fail this test. Most people today will fail this test. They will say, after all, it's God who brought the sleep. The man is backslidden. You know, and every reason, they just kill him. Uh, if I won't kill him, I'll just ask one of my men to kill him. <laughs> so it will not be my hand, but it's still your hand. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here. Are you listening to me? Then David went to the other side. And stood on top of the hill afar off, a great space between them. David cried to the people and to Abner. This Abner is, you know, uh, was Saul's chief of staff. <clears throat> he says, Answer thou not, Abner. He said, Who art thou that Christ unto the king? And David said, Art thou not a violent man? And so on and so forth, you know. I don't want to go into all of the details. Anyway, what David did was that he now cried from the top of the hill and woke them up because they were sleeping. Then he now, he, now, he now rebuked Abner. He said, you are supposed to be, 
you know, commander, uh, commander in chief of the armed forces, you couldn't even protect your king. Look at his spear. Look at his water bottle in my hand. You should die because you, 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 you were careless. You were sleeping when your king was sleeping and you didn't even know when the enemy came. And then Saul again. Saul knew David's voice. Verse 17. And said, is this the voice of my son David? And David said, it is my voice, O Lord, my Lord, O King. Wherefore does thy, you know, and then he's being said, why are you pursuing me and all of that? I don't want to go into all of that. <clears throat> then look at what Saul said in verse 21. Then we're going to look at this and then we're going to close and look at what happened to Saul and close. And then said Saul, verse 21. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.